in their lives. And then Josie carried it on looking at honouring God with our minds. Excuse me, can, I, can everybody hear it properly? It's a bit funny. It's a bit funny, is it? Sounds pretty good to me. Just the hearing of it that ah, we're wondering. About. There we go. Okay. Great. So we're going to look at the next in our series of honouring God with our treasure, uh, particularly money. I'm going to get feedback now. Okay. Not interested in technology anymore. That's good. Okay. I'm unplugged. Okay, so John started with honoring God in several areas of our lives, giving us marks and characteristics of what that sort of life looks like. Josie carried it on with honoring God with our minds and having that mind detox. I think that's a great, great mind detox, beginning to think like God thinks with the mind of Christ. And Tim last week looked at honoring God with your time. And he gave, again, he gave several characteristics of marks of what the life looks like that honors God with time. Now, this is where we get to, and this is why I didn't really want a hand, hand mic, but uh, I will put my civil engineering outfit on. Okay, I, I used to work as a consultant civil engineer, and I spent a lot of my years on site representing clients like the project manager you're going to have and I was like the client's policeman part of the time and I would wander around and my wife will tell you I still do it okay I would wander around looking to see if things were right and the client was getting what he paid for to the right quality so I'd be on site and I was jokingly though I'm not too sure about the joking bit referred to as that expletive deleted snowdrop okay now you know why wandering up the scaffold and my head would appear with the white helmet on and everything would go quiet okay I'm sure that I was the snowdrop but I was given tools by which I could measure that stuff was going from the simple tape measure okay always carried one in my pocket the odd light was a bit more difficult to get in my pocket but there are lots of instruments that we use just to check that the building was going as it should be it was the right quality that the right progress was being made and in this series on honouring God, what's come across to me is that the speakers have been giving us marks, milestones of what we as endeavouring to honour God with our lives, it looks like practically in our lives, that we're getting characteristics. I'm, I'm, when I'm travelling, we have that thing that directs you how far you're going and where you're going and it tells you to turn left etc in the car but I, I like it because I want to know how many miles I've got I work out the percentage of our journey that's been accomplished I'm working out in my head the average distance and what time we can expect to arrive okay this is my civil engineering coming out there's obviously a few civil engineers at heart if not in practice here and God has given us these marks so in this series on honoring God I think the first thing I want to say is that God is giving us tools to examine ourselves, to test ourselves, to see where we're at in our journey into eternity, where we're at in our walking with Jesus, in our Christ-likeness. 
And, you know, these, these can encourage us, they can affirm us, or they can challenge us. And God in the Holy Spirit can show us areas that he wants to work with us to improve so that we can be more fruit-bearing and we've become more like Jesus in this kingdom of God that we're bringing upon earth. So God tells us to examine ourselves, 2 Corinthians 13, 15. Examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. Each one, Galatians 6, 4, should test your own actions. And these teachings are giving you markers, characteristics that you can say, yeah, I'm struggling in that area. God, I need help in that area. The tool for measuring how you're honoring God with your treasure, and I'm going to get rid of this coat. Is this your wallet okay the tool for measuring where you're at in terms of honoring god with your treasure with your money with your finances with your possessions is a simple wallet i had to borrow this because i forgot mine it's at home (laughs) okay my wife is a purse yes okay it that's a tool that god's given us to measure how we're doing but before we look at money i just want to look at treasure Jesus defines our treasure like this in Matthew 6.21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Or as the message puts it, the place where your treasure is, is the place you'll most want to be and end up being. Now our treasure is what we pursue. What we give our energies to. What we sacrifice in life to get. It can be many different things, such as relationships, boy, girl, husband, wife, and others. Okay, it can be all these things. It can be wealth that we pursue. It can be possessions. It can be houses. It can be clothes. It can be your looks. It can be recognition from others. It can be media, TV, uh, music, Facebook, and all the other gadgets that we've got, gaming, etc. Mobile phones. It can be leisure activities, your holidays. It can be cars. It can even be football teams. Though I think there's something going on about Bradford at the moment, and I'm not too sure what it is. And so many other things. Now, all these are legitimate. I'm not saying they're wrong to have in our lives, as long as they are servants to us in our walk with Jesus. But when we make their pursuit our priority they may become our masters rather than our servants. And we are in danger of becoming slaves to them and they become what the Bible talks about as idols in our lives, taking God's place, his rightful place in our lives. Now we honor God by making him and his kingdom our treasure. What we pursue the object of our energies, the object of our sacrifice. He's our treasure. Amen? You're understanding. So if we're going to honor God, first of all, go for him as our treasure. Yeah? He puts it like this, Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then his joy went out and sold all he had and bought that field. 
It's costly being a Christian. It's costly becoming a Christian. It's totally free, but it's going to cost you your life. Okay? It it is. It's freely given, but you need to give everything. Amen? Your understanding. It's costly. Make him your treasure. Make Jesus your treasure. Make being walking in his kingdom and bringing the kingdom now upon the earth your treasure, what you're going for. And God doesn't ask us to do anything that he hasn't done himself. Deuteronomy 7, verse 6, and, and we've, we've sung about this this morning. It's come really strongly across in that uh, the word that, that you brought, that scripture. says, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. He wants himself to be your treasured possession because he has first made us his treasured possession. And it's that simple, that very profound evangelistic tool, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave. He has given that which was most precious to him. Jesus gave everything in order to possess us as his treasured possession. You were bought at a price, 1 Corinthians 6.20. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. We are his treasured possession. Just whisper it to the Lord right now. I'm your treasured possession. Jesus, I'm your treasured possession. Jesus, I belong to you. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, let's have a look at honoring God with our money. It's often said that if God has got a person's wallet... He's got their hearts. Okay, It's a measure of where your heart is. And I want to give you seven marks. Good number seven. I went for seven, not five, six, but seven because it's, it's the number of perfection. Okay, I could have probably got lots more. But I'll give you seven marks or characteristics of a person honoring God with their money. First of all, there's the sacrifice. It's sacrificial. And Romans 12.1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Laying who you are, your life, and all that you have, your relationships, your possessions, everything on the altar, which says, God, do with it as you want to do with it. Okay? It's acknowledging where your wealth comes from. You can look at 1 uh, Chronicles 29.12 for that. Okay? Everything we have comes from him. And we are his stewards. If you want to look at stewardship, go and look at the parable of the talents and other uh, parables which talk about that we, we have everything in stewardship to him. Secondly, trusting him. You know, are you trusting God this morning? If he tells you to give £10,000, okay, that would be good, wouldn't it? I've had that happen just this last week, by the way. An anonymous gift of £10,000 given. Wow. You know, I'm, we'll come to this later, but we're so blessed. Amen. But it, it's, it's trusting him that if he says give away that, that which is your future security, that you can trust him and say, God, you're going to take care of that issue. You're going to take care of it. So when we give, we're coming from a place of trust in him. Trust that he knows what he's about. Okay? We can trust him to do with the money what he wants to do with it sometimes. We have given substantial money and it's been stolen. 
okay, in the past. And you have to come to a point of view and say, God, you knew it. Yes, you put the safeguards in that you can put in, but some things go wrong. And you have to say, God, I'm trusting you. You told us to give that money. It's your money. You do it as you want. They've got to answer to you now. Okay, it's trusting him. It's, it's systematic as well. In Malachi 3.10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. You know that scripture, I think. Is it up? No, it isn't. I didn't put them all up. I was sort of frightened, John. Okay, but it, it's, it's systematically giving. Jane and I went through a period in time when we weren't part of a local church, so we weren't, we weren't bringing our offerings week by week into the church. And we, we adopted a very spiritual thing. We said, we'll give just as God shows us. Okay, we decided what we were giving, but we would give as he showed us. And we came to the end of the year, and he hadn't showed us a great deal. And actually, the money had just gone. So we decided we're going to be systematic. We're going to set up a, a separate savings account, and we're going to put... The, the money we decide to give into it. And then as God showed us, we could give either little or big. Okay? But we were systematic in that. So I'd encourage you to be systematic in your giving. And then uh, next one, fourth one, to be generous. Our honoring God with our treasure is also marked with, we do it with a smile, with, with generous. We go over and extra. We're not... We're not sort of reluctantly giving, but we're generous. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously as well. And then, fifthly, responsive. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. We need to be responsive to what God lays on our hearts to give, to be listening, but actually to step out in obedience as well. Six, cheerful, but God loves a cheerful giver, 2 Corinthians 9, 7, blessed. And God is able, 2 Corinthians 9 and 8, to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. We're blessed people. You know, that £10,000 that the church gave, we, we, were, we were yelling with joy out in India when we got the news that the church had given us £10,000. But, you know, for us... It was part of what we're asking God for. We wanted 40,000, not from the church, but for the next phase of our building project out in Kenya. We're building a training center. And we had nothing. And I was questioning God. We bought the land. I was questioning God, is, is this really what you want us to do? Where's the funds? You know, we've been believing you for quite some time. We've been making the application and zilch on the next phase. And then 10,000 pounds came in. Today, it now stands at 31,000 we've received. So we've got another 9,000 to go. But we are blessed. Hallelujah. I just want to give a very, very brief testimony, and then I'm done. Okay. Back in New Year's Eve 2012, uh, we were on our way to a New Year's Eve celebration, and I'd been asked to actually do a little talk before midnight, and I didn't really want to do it. I just wanted to have a celebration, eat some food and whatever. So I wasn't in a great frame of mind. 
Okay. Uh, but I said, yeah, okay, I'll do it reluctantly. So we're in the car on the way over, and I'm thinking, we'll do the standard thing. Look back at uh, 2012 and look forward into 2013, and, and then we go from there sort of thing. And on the way, I'd said to Jane, um, people keep on asking us whether we're going to move south because all our children and grandchildren are now living in the south. And you, you know what a... Uh, it, it strains your heart a bit at times as parents and grandparents. You want to spend more time with them. And so I, I said to Jane, I, I thought I'd just pull her chain a bit. And, and I said, so we're moving down south then? And she says, absolutely not. No way. Never, ever. Okay. And she gave me a whole list of reasons why we're never going to. No. Well, we'll do what God wants to do. Not my will, but yours, God. Yes, if God says, we'll go. Yeah, nothing of that. No way. And also, we'd been challenged in the year financially. We'd started this ministry with two bequests that were given to us, and we'd both left our full-time employment and stepped out in faith. But that money had long gone. Okay, We financed the ministry, financed ourselves in our living expenses as well. It had long gone. And we were thinking, okay, we're going to have to shut up shop a bit uh, because we don't want to spend our future security, our pension savings. Okay, we do, and reluctant. And you know what was happening? And I was, I was, as we were going to this, this was all going on as I was driving. Okay, uh, who says that men can't do two things at once? <laughs> hey, yes. But God showed us in in this through Jane's response and my response that my fingers were beginning to tighten over what God had given. And I was beginning to say, these things are ours. Future security and all that, it's ours. Okay, we want to do what we want to do. And God said, just repent. So as I was driving, you know, doing other things as well, we just said, Father, forgive us, cleanse us. We commit to reopen our hands and say, it's all yours, God. You do it as you will. And it was quite interesting. Our budget we'd received that year was 15,000. Well, the income was actually 15,000 pounds that had come into 5,000 plus. Within a week and a half, we'd received in the post 50% of that income in a week and a half after we repented. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, as you look at your attitude towards your money and consider your giving this morning. Perhaps God is just waiting for you to change your attitude as we did, making sure that you're honoring him with your treasure, but you're especially honoring him with your possessions and your finance. And let's close with this quote. John Wesley said this, earn all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. Thank you. Amen.